Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Nikki Barua, your host for today's episode. Do you sometimes wish you could quit your job and break out on your own? But then you stop yourself because you don't have the experience or the funds to launch your own business. Meet Mandy Gilbert, who shares how she left an unfulfilling job, secured a personal credit line of $8,000, and started her company, Creative Niche, the very next day. Mandy is an entrepreneur who has built two multi-million dollar enterprises from the ground up. She's also a philanthropist, keynote speaker, investor, and best-selling author of the book, Just Go With It, How to Navigate the Ups and Downs of Entrepreneurship. In this episode, Mandy discusses how to invest in yourself as a leader, protect your confidence, and make your company a place where great people want to work. Mandy also reveals the lessons she has learned along the way, including the feedback that catalyzed her growth and helped her become a much better leader. Mandy shows that entrepreneurship is an adventure worth taking and that the freedom and fulfillment we seek is still possible, even if the path is rarely a straight line to the perfect life. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Welcome. Great to have you on the show. Hi, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. Well, let's uh, dive right in. Let's uh, share with the audience uh, a little bit about yourself so they get to know who you are. Okay, sure. Um, well, I am in, I'm in my 19th year of being an entrepreneur. So wow. back in 2002, um, I started my first business, which is a specialized recruitment firm purely focusing on kind of emerging um, roles and spaces. So mm-hmm. um, definitely advertising, marketing, but uh, tech, digital, um, and innovation. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so, yeah. And so, um, in addition to that and running a business, um, I'm also a public speaker. Um, I'm a weekly columnist with Inc. Um, and as a couple of years ago, I'm an investor. Awesome. Well, yes. that's a lot of accomplishments and uh, I can't wait to find out more about your journey. So um, let's start from the beginning. How? Um, tell us about your sort of foundational years. How did you discover what you wanted to do? What got you first started down that path? Yeah, that's a that's a great question um, because I, I always think it's it's fascinating to learn how people get started. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my story is a little bit different. Um I didn't have a, a ton of safety net, so to speak, mm. financially. Um, I started working um, at a fairly young age. I was 21 when I got into business. Mm-hmm. Um, in my first role, I was working as an administrative assistant for a big global company, and I was supporting a leadership team. Mm. And um, they would give me the odd marketing project. And I got into doing like some graphic design ad hoc work. And I thought, well, maybe I want to be a graphic designer. So I asked my sister to co-sign a loan for me to go to college part-time and focus on getting my graphic 
design diploma. Um, once I was able to do that over, um, I was about a year and a half of various programs and I, I worked on my portfolio and I still was working full time. So I was doing that in addition to my full time role, which was quite demanding. Um, I thought, well, maybe it's time for me to, to leave this company. And so I went and interviewed at a recruitment company, um, an agency that specialized in placing graphic designers. Mm-hmm. And the next day I was offered a role to be in business development. Um, and that's how I kind of fell into recruitment because it's certainly something you don't really go to school for. You kind of uh-huh. just fall into it. So um, how did you go from interviewing for one role and getting something totally different? Well, I think my, um, I think I, I the, the individual who interviewed me was, a, he was just a really down to earth person. And I felt very comfortable with him. And I think he really was able to identify, this is not somebody who's probably going to be the best graphic designer in the world. And this person is probably not going to get a lot of energy from being behind a computer all day. Mm. Um, and so how he positioned it was how cool is it that you get to work with design and with creative agencies and people, um, but you're helping them with their career and you're helping leaders hire the talent they need in order to accelerate their businesses. Um, so it's kind of being in it without having to actually mm. be behind a computer and do the, the design itself. That's incredible that he was able to see your gift and identify it in an interview and then give you the right kind of role that got you started. Yes. Yeah. No, he's so, still a friend today. Yes. That's amazing. So w- what after that, then how did things evolve from that role to launching your own company? Yeah. So um, I had really not done a ton of sales um, at this point in my, in my life, given I was, uh, was 21. Um, um, so I, um, I think I, maybe I was, yeah, 21, 22 years old. So I had, had secured the job and my first day I was, you know, really nervous because, um, I think I, I came across very confident in my meeting, but I was really questioning my ability and understanding exactly even what the product I was selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I went in and, um, I asked a ton of questions and what I did was we had a little kind of storage room and I went and I cleared it out. There was a desk in there and I put a phone and I did that. So no one else would hear me fail, um, because I had to actually walk the talk and develop business. And, um, I was hung up on a ton of times. I had a lady ask me once, like, do you know what you're doing? Um, and so, and I, I got so spooked. I actually hung up on her cause I was so like shocked that she said that. And I called her back and I apologized. And I told her, I like, I got really nervous. It's my first you know, week on the job. And, uh, anyway, she ended up being my first client. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I failed in an epic way, but I knew I had to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had that kind of grit and I, I've had that since a young age. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a plan B. I had an apartment, I had expenses, and there wasn't anybody who could potentially bail me out. Like this was my, the start of my career. I need to take it seriously. I need to meet, 
be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so over time, that success kind of happened. I was a, a top producer. Um, and then I was selected to go and be part of a, a larger organization, a public organization, and be part of a startup within their offering. Um, and so I, I did that for a couple of years. And after the time, although it was a great opportunity to learn, mm-hmm. um, it was the first time I had employees. Um, poor, poor them. I was a very young leader, and I think I had a team of five. Um, I just, I didn't feel like I fit in there. Although I was successful and I, I had a great team, and they were engaged, I philosophically just wasn't aligned. I was one of the only women in in a role like mine, and some of the things I experienced, I just. I knew it wasn't a fit, and I knew I didn't want to go do a startup for somebody else again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was very motivated to do something on my own and mm-hmm. um, do what I love, but to do it in a way that I can feel really proud of. And that is focusing on quality and developing trust and, and meaningful relationships um, and creating and fostering a culture that is one that acknowledges its team and has a lot of fun. Um, and so I had a clear vision of what that would look like for me. And I knew at this time I was 27. I knew I wanted to have a family one day and I thought, I'm going to do it now, you know? And so I, I decided to resign. I went and got a personal line of credit to upgrade my furniture and I, um, I started the business. I With started the personal business line of credit. <laughs> $8,000 line of credit. Oh my God. I love so <laughs> I had enough to keep me afloat for six weeks. Oh, and, wow. Uh, so, so you had six weeks to make it work because then the money was gone and you just needed to get some traction in that time. So how did you make uh, that happen in six weeks? Um, well, I, it was challenging because could you imagine being in recruiting before LinkedIn? Um, and I couldn't afford memberships for like monster, um, or, you know, any of those job boards that were a really big thing back then. So it was all on relationships. I had enough money to put a couple ads out there. And from then I would interview and ask people, Hey, if you refer somebody I place, I'm going to give you a referral bonus. And beyond that, just be very thankful. Um, if you had a great experience with me, please share it. And so I built the business on referrals and I really would do sales, you know, from eight in the morning to about three, three or four in the afternoon every day. And then I would do all of my interviewing in the evenings from like four to 9 p.m. And so I I would just kept to it. I kept my head down and I really just focused on those two things. Mm -hmm. I tried not to get distracted into busy work, make excuses for myself. You know, it was a hundred percent everything on the line and I, I was accountable and I was really motivated by it. I, I kind of loved having that responsibility and that pressure. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, how I got started. That's a lot of hustle and grit. Um, I, I want you to share with the audience a little peek into what that looked like when you were um, selling from eight to four. Um, and I ask that because a lot of people don't have firsthand experience with sales, let alone in an environment where you don't have, where your brand new business as an entrepreneur, when you're brand new and you don't have reputation and logos and all of that going for you, there's no testimonials yet, you know, there's no credibility in the market. 
that is a very challenging thing to take on. Um, so give a little peek into those first few weeks when you were selling. How were you going about it? What was your routine? Um, well, for me, it was focusing on the businesses that could use me without a lot of complexity, they could hire me, meaning there's not procurement involved. Mm. There's probably not going to be a big negotiation back and forth on my contract or somebody asking, well, how, give me references. How long have you been in business? So I focused on small to mid-sized businesses Mm. that have a pain point um, that I can solve. And so what I would do is I would interview these great candidates in the evenings and then I would get on the phone and I would position the candidate for the client. And, you know, they would be available to start next week. Um, This is what their work consists of. These are the awards they've won. And so that's how I started getting placements and getting billings. So I didn't go after the big kind of dreamy companies because those big dreamy companies, it's a very long, it's a much longer process, a much thorough process in which if you're just getting started, they probably will not want to work with you. That's right. Um, And and so you looked at it from a practical lens of I've got six weeks and only this much money that uh, to give me that runway of success. And I need a short conversion cycle. And so exactly value and prove myself. Um, Exactly, exactly. And I think that, you know, sales are so important. And, you know, I've done a lot of speaking, a lot of mentoring uh, at any point in time and mentoring between 10 and 15 women entrepreneurs. Um, And I just do that as kind of a give back, you know, and I get a ton of energy from it. But, you know, it is kind of up to you and selling is so important. And that's great. That's great if you've got a, a great CRM, but building relationships And selling is much different than sending emails and hoping that somebody's going to buy from you because you've sent an email. And so that hustling and that building of relationship and taking the time to know who you're selling to and positioning your product or service, it's so important. It's so important when you're starting out and throughout your your various, um, you know, uh, cycles or, or, or areas of growth. Yeah. There's just no shortcuts there. You just kind of have to really focus on who is your ideal customer and how do you solve their pain and position your offerings correctly. So that was your start. And uh, obviously you got success you wanted in six weeks and kept going from there. Uh, What was the next chapter? Well, the next chapter was, um, you know, it was interesting, maybe about five or six years ago, I was moving and a piece of paper fell out of a box. And it was my, my projections when I started my business of how many employees I would be I have and top line sales. And I even had like how much money I would be giving back to philanthropic organizations. And let's just say, you know, I was quite optimistic. Um, <laughs> and uh, so for me, obviously, it took a little bit longer as most things do in life. Then we uh, we hope to or we think that we can accomplish. Um, but for me, is I know I didn't want it to to be an individual company. You know, I'm in the services business. Um, you can't scale it if it's just you. <laughs> it's just impossible. Um, like many companies in in sectors. So I um, 
I knew I wanted to hire. So for me, I paid myself incredibly conservatively. Like I think that my first year I paid myself $16,000, my next year, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until my fourth year that I was actually paying myself even something close to what I was making previously before starting a business. Mm-hmm. So for me, I wanted to reinvest in the business, reinvest in technology, um, hire the right people and treat them well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from day one, I offer 25 paid days off, no matter what your level is, summer hours, benefit package, I had a, you know, employee handbook. Um, I wanted to create a, a company that had the structures of a big company, but the flexibility and the fun of an entrepreneurial one, because I knew that was key in attracting the right people mm-hmm. um, and keeping them, you know, engaged um, and, 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 you know, retain them retain them so they can stay with your company and have that continuity with uh, with clients. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that vision of um, what you wanted to create, um, it was also backed up with delayed gratification that you were okay with. Um, and that's not something that a lot of people choose. You know, we're living in an, in an age where it's sort of everything's instant, you know, wanting that, yeah. yeah, I did this, I want instant results. And if I'm not getting it, I don't know if I should stick to it. Maybe there's something better. Why do you think that kind of tenacity is so important in getting the right kind of long-term results? Well, it's, 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 it's absolutely necessary because something meaningful and long-lasting just doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, you're not being fair to yourself or to your business or to your future business or shareholders um, if you think it's going to be a slam dunk based on a relationship you have or a brand you have or your first client because things don't always happen as planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so y- you've got to be prepared for that, that long game. And in that, you know, in that game, you're going to get bumped around, you're going to be knocked out, you're going to second guess Mm -hmm. if you, um, if you have what it takes, or if you want it. Um, And so you have to really embrace the the journey, because it's, it's not a destination. Mm -hmm. You've got to keep going constantly, no matter how long you've been at it, you're always working on something. Um, but nothing in life offers that opportunity uh, for such growth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, when I mean, entrepreneurship in- really is a journey of self-discovery. It totally is. The things yeah. you learn about yourself, you would never know otherwise what you're made of. That's right. And, you know, it was my, um, my motivation for, for writing a book um, was to share the truth mm. because, you know, Sadly, or I mean, hey, it's amazing that a lot of these big tech companies are getting so much funding and they're scaling like crazy and their top line revenue and they're being featured in the media. And so, but the reality is big majority of small, mid-sized business, we don't experience that. We're not in that game. And so we're constantly measuring ourselves against the ideal or the perceived ideal. And through public speaking and being honest about some of the challenges I've had to overcome and the choices I've made and why I, why I made them, why, what I would do differently now, um, I wanted to share that because I do think that there's a lot of suffering, silent suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think we can be incredibly hard uh, on ourselves, but also to understand is what you see in the media 
isn't always true. Nobody's success is happening overnight. And sometimes you only see that high level um, kind of review, but you don't know all of the blood, sweat, and tears actually truly went into it. Um, so it's important to realize that nothing is nothing worth much is, is instant. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's that overnight success, people don't know that the night is 10 years long. You know, the right. thing that you see <laughs> right. is, is just the final bow on the story that only you've been through. And I think um, there is indeed a disservice that sometimes um, is done to aspiring entrepreneurs or the dreamers that want to build a business that think it's as quick as like a, an idea and then someone invests $100 million in you and next thing you're right. a billion dollar unicorn. Right. Everything's hunky dory, and then you get bought out by Google, right? It's right, um, but that's such a small fraction of the entrepreneurs and the startups that have that story. Majority are um, hustling and you know being tenacious through every step of the process, much like your story. What was one of the hardest things that uh, or challenges that you had to face and overcome? that perhaps you share in the book that you might be able to share with us? Yeah. Um, I would say the toughest was lacking self-awareness mm. about how I was showing up as a leader. And um, so what's an me, example, like a specific example around that? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I started a company because I was really great at something. And I talked a little bit about my vision and my motivation to doing that, mm. but really I was only really great at recruiting and building relationships with clients. All of a sudden, I had that, and then I had payroll, and then I had forecasting, and then I did hiring, had hiring, and then I'm a manager, then I'm a leader. And all of a sudden, I didn't really want to go to work anymore. Mm. And I had to do some thinking about why am I, why am I making an excuse not to go to work? You know, what happened? And the reality is my company kind of became something I didn't really want mm. because I wasn't showing up. I wasn't leading by example. I mm. wasn't really being honest. And um, I, I feel as I felt as though the company had outgrown my capabilities mm -hmm. and I felt really insecure and um, inadequate. And um, so one of the, the hardest lessons was, but the best lesson was understanding all of my shortcomings and why they were showing up the way they were um, because it has a lot to do with, Oh, childhood, it has a lot to do. There's so many different factors when you really dig deep into your leadership style of what, what shows up. Mm -hmm. And, um, and for me, I thought that I was really well liked and that people respected me a ton. Well, here's the thing when you're an entrepreneur, nobody's actually giving you feedback. You're probably not asking for it unless it's great you know, unless they have something to say about how incredible your ideas are, or, you know, how proud they are to work with the company that you could hear all day long. But really, do you have a culture in which people have a safe place to tell you 
areas that you can work on. Mm -hmm. So then we walk around with this perception of ourselves that's actually not true and we are lacking self-awareness. And so for me, I went and I, um, I, I went to a leadership school in in North Carolina in Chapel Hill and, um, Dr. Bell, uh, who, who, yeah, yes. So I went to Dr. Bell and before going, you know, I got, I had, I think I had to give like 15, 20 names, ex-employees, partner, friends, uh, current employees, direct, indirect reports. And it was a couple of months before I went to take this program. So, you know, life happened in between. I totally forgot that I supplied those email addresses and I, you know, I was going, I was going to this program because I thought, you know, I can always be a better leader. I mean, I'm pretty good, but I, I guess I could get better at it. That's really how I felt. So I remember on, on day two, and I, I went, I was with all these uh, mostly males. I think there was two women, about 22 guys, and most of them were big you know, CEOs. And on day two, energy changed, and they started handing out these binders. And they said, you know, behind tab five, uh, you know, um, you know, are all the positive things that people had to say about you. And behind tab six are the negative things. So we recommend reading five and then tab six and then back to five again and uh, take it and be grateful for the feedback. And so everyone starts like, you know, having a look, right? Because we're, we're, we're like that. We want to know what do people have to say? How great are we? Um, and they said, you know, before you touch your binder, we're going to actually break for the day. You're in beautiful Chapel Hill right? Blue sky, go, go find a park bench, read, reread, think, reflect. Um, but you know, a few of us were kind of sneaking and I saw like control freak, insecure, passive aggressive, trust issues. Wow. Dictator. Right. I mean, Hey, there were a lot of lovely things too, Yeah, but those words were strong and I was crushed. My first reaction is I got somebody else's binder (laughs) (laughs) until I saw my name in there. And I'm like, okay, oh, maybe this is real. Um, And I I did that. I went for a big walk. I felt sorry for myself for about 10 minutes. And then for two minutes, I was mad. Like, they have no idea what I've done for them, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then I was overwhelmed. I was actually overwhelmed and I was feeling completely overcome by gratitude you know? And, uh, I actually went back to the office the next day on my flight back. I built a a deck and I presented it and it was all of the feedback and how grateful I was. And it will never, it will never come back to them. I have no interest in finding out who said what. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to share with you what I'm talking about. And I'm going to share with you from this point forward, the type of leader I want to be, and at any point, you can hold me accountable to my behavior if I slip up. And that was the hardest thing that I've gone through, probably as an entrepreneur and person. And it's the one that I'm, I'm the most grateful for um, because um, that is growth. Then that is growth that, you know, carries on in your relationships. If you sit on boards, um, you know all aspects of your life. And so, um, but it was a tricky one, you know, it's easy to take a course. It's tough to get that kind of feedback and work on yourself and change some of your thinking and behaviors. 
That yeah. is such a powerful story. And thank you for your candor and willingness to share that so openly, because uh, as you said, for any leader entrepreneurs, especially uh, leaders and corporations often have mechanisms where there's a feedback loop, but uh, as entrepreneurs, you become lone wolves. And often if you're successful, you almost have that positive feedback of, I must be a superstar because I'm doing things right. that only 5% of humanity does, right? right. And it right. can be a slippery slope to kind of buy into your own bullshit, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, it takes some real talk to um, not only be willing to seek it out, but to embrace it and then act on it. So kudos to you for how you showed up and uh, how you responded to that. And I'm sure that said even more of a cultural impact for your organization by um, your reaction to it. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Mm -hmm. So I want to, um, you know, fast forward from there to where your career is today and the kind of leader you are today and what inspires you. So give us a picture of where things are now. Yeah. So, you know, where I'm in, I'm at today, um, I, um, Hey, you know, um, I've got a lot of experience, so, um, I'm in a, I'm in a pretty, I'm in a pretty good place. Um, I would say our, our culture is near perfect. I would say near perfect. Um, in fact, we just ran an engagement survey, which we don't do regularly. I just wanted to see how everyone was feeling. You know, we've almost been working from home exclusively for a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to see how everyone was feeling and how, you know, are they, are they working too hard? Are they feeling engaged? And, um, I think our average was about 9.2 out of 10 in terms of engagement. Um, and that's something I'm incredibly proud of. And it's something that I am, it's always on my mind. It's not something that you can go, okay, culture is good. Moving on to, you know, strategy. It's something that you always have to put some energy and thought into because, you know, your business changes, the needs of your team change um, and team dynamics are also, um, it can be tricky. Um, so, you know, it, so I, I love I love the company. I'm incredibly proud of what we've been able to accomplish. We've been behind fourteen thousand placements. Um, we um, we've done a lot philanthropically with local organizations to help disadvantaged youth, um, and we have a ton of fun together. Um, and so, remember, I, well, I I really do think you don't ever get into business. Um, to kind of break even and work harder than you've ever worked and, and not have fun. Yeah. And um, I would say within creative niche, um, I, I love the diversity and I love the individuals that work there. And so we really work hard and play hard together. And 
you know, we were scheduled to actually uh, go on a trip this summer, which we've had to delay. But last year, we were all in Dominican Republic for uh, five days together. Um, and, you know, celebrating and, you know, enjoying our, our success and our hard work. Um, so that's kind of where the business is today. We're, we're going to be having our, our a, a, perhaps our strongest year in business uh, this year. Um, so that's, that's incredibly rewarding to me. Um, it is for sure. Um, I'm also, a, you know, writing quite a bit. So I do write for, for ink and I love sharing thoughts and tips and tricks mm-hmm. and like quick hits of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do enjoy that. Um, I do a fair amount of speaking, um, which, uh, I really get a lot of energy from. I never went to a conference and saw, you know, my first conference when a keynote speaker came out, I never was one of those people that thought I want to do that. Um, in fact, I hate being the center of attention. Um, but I kind of fell into speaking by just you know, volunteering. Uh, there was a cancellation. So I sat on a panel and from that I got a keynote and just kind of took off that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy speaking because I do feel um, oftentimes we're just talking about all the good stuff and we're not talking about things that are relatable or mm-hmm. that can be actioned in business um, to help entrepreneurs get unstuck or maybe look at a problem a different way. Um, so I enjoy the public speaking and um, I'm an investor. So I'm an investor in two tech companies and I love working with, with CEOs um, and entrepreneurs and, and mentoring them. And I'm pretty active with uh, philanthropic organizations. I sit on a board um, and I get a ton of energy from that as well. So it is a, it's a full life and it's a busy life, but I, I love it. You know, and I absolutely it's, uh, love it. it's quite a journey as well as being a highly awarded entrepreneur and um, a family with four kids. So it's quite a journey from where you started with uh, a six week runway and $8,000 to make it all work and no safety net. So uh, your story really illustrates that you just got to go with it and uh, not overthink and uh not hesitate and just keep solving problems and growing um, throughout that journey, that it's the journey that you're choosing, not the destination you're chasing. Um, So I want to get uh, some specific actionable advice that you can share with our audience, uh, which is a lot of uh, women aspiring for leadership and rising up in their careers, Um, whether it's from your book or your own life experience, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give to someone who's ambitious, who has big dreams, and um, is really trying to navigate a very fast-changing, competitive, and um, you know, risky environment? Yeah, that's a that's a big question. Um, I I did a talk at Silicon Valley um, Women's Event. It's for women in tech a, a couple of years ago. And my presentation was a lot about, you know, kind of building your brand. And it was interesting because although the headline was about building your brand and somebody could have thought, oh, that means my social presence. And, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like, it's building your brand in your space. So you are the one that is, you know, thought of for speaking engagements, for mentorship, you are thought of um, for somebody to put forward for promotion. Um, and you know, 
and considered. And we talked a lot about, you know, reputation and like, how does that, how do you build your relationship, your reputation, especially in a very male dominated space such mm-hmm. as tech. And, you know, I define reputation as, um, I think that I, I heard, I heard this from somebody and I, I would give them props for it, but can't remember right now um, is, you know, if, if you're, if people who know you were out having a drink and your name came up, what would they say about you? Mm. And, you know, I think it's important to always be mindful of your brand within your space and also be um, not always waiting for an opportunity to come to you. And also though, not asking if you haven't earned it yet, but being indispensable and creating a space for yourself, um, you know, continuing to learn and take programs. Um, if you want to become a leader, well, you know, there's a lot of great things that you can do right now. You don't have to wait until you have a specific title. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I, I think that kind of individual like brand building um, is fantastic. And I also think mm-hmm. mentoring, uh, mentoring women um, is a great way as well to build on your network um, and, and look for mentorship. And, you know, I do think that there are some great mentorship programs out there, but I think sometimes when you ask people, will you be my mentor? Some people ask me that and I feel like, oh my God, it feels like a proposal and a huge <laughs> commitment, right? Um, you know, for a six month mentorship program or something. But I think just having specific asks from people mm-hmm. in your space that are senior where you have something interesting and it's a challenge or something that you want to learn. So it's, it's a lot more, I think, impactful and you're building your brand a lot more if it's, hey, I'm going through something right now. It's, uh, I, I know you've probably went through it, uh, you know, a few years ago. Um, and I would love to have a conversation with you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to get to know you. And then the next time somebody's looking for a recommendation, they're going to be, wow, I met with a firecracker who, you know, came forward. She found me. And you know what? She is so impressive. I would recommend her to anyone. So it's just, it's figuring that because that's the stuff that really matters. Mm -hmm. It's not really how you are, like your social brand. It's the stuff, it's the meat kind of behind, it's it's important stuff behind it. Um, So so having a game plan plan for that. Um, Another one I recommend is just having a timeline because especially in fast forward places, you know, we talked about how entrepreneurs are measured. It's top line growth, number of employees, number of locations. Um, In tech, you know, you're just always so competitive. And you're actually accomplishing a ton of things and you probably never feel like it's enough. Mm -hmm. And so creating a timeline with specific accomplishments, what were you tasked with? What was your, what was your involvement? What was the result? What were the learnings from that? Once you have that, and it doesn't matter if you have it in a journal, if you have it in a spreadsheet, um, but creating that timeline with your accomplishments, I think is always something critical to have because sometimes, you know, when you're positioned for an opportunity, um, you forget how great you are. And it's like I having would, your own greatest hits list, like you've got exactly. that, you give yourself props, but it also helps you pace yourself where yes. you're not putting, uh, comparing your version one to someone else's version 12. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Um, and so having that, so that's as top of mind for you to position yourself for those opportunities. Um, I, I, so I would say that, you know, those two things are pretty important. Um, and, you know, not everybody wants to do public speaking. I mentioned that I kind of fell into it, but if they're, if you're a subject, subject matter expert and you like to give back, speaking um, can be a great way to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't need to have like a shtick or be super, po- you can just be yourself and that's enough. Um, it's just about being prepared, knowing how you're going to position your, your, you know, your presentation and your insights. Um, but that be, could be just a great way for you to get kind of additional exposure, especially now that we're kind of mm-hmm. working remote. Um, it's a great way. Yeah. yeah. So to sum it up, basically, you know, uh, invest in lasting relationships that will help you grow and get access, um, you know, take advantage of resources that are available to grow your brand and, and you know, show your expertise and finally, uh, you know, uh, develop your reputation uh, because your reputation is what people know you of uh, when you're not there. And that's what opened doors. Um, that's yes. great advice, Mandy. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I want you to tell our guests where they can find your book and read more of the lessons um, that will inspire them to um, do much of what you've done. Sure. Um, we can find the book on Amazon. Um, and if you wanted to reach out to me, um, you can you can get in contact with me through my website. So it's mandy-gilbert.com. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. And thank awesome. you so much, Nikki, for having me. Wonderful. And we'll be sharing all of these resources on uh, your podcast episode as well. Thank you for joining us today. It was great to have you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.